Good morning, happy Monday, and welcome to the Sisterhood of the Uncomfortable Pants. Um, Catherine, how are things going? Things are going good over here, minus the fact that I'm like dealing with like allergies or something. So if you hear something weird in my voice right now, yes, my voice is weird. I get it. I like tried to like blow my nose a million times before we got started, so I didn't have to in the middle of this. I would have definitely but- been like pause while you blow your nose. Like we don't need to edit that. Ugh. You you don't want to hear that? You don't want to? No, no. All the just like, ugh. Oh, it's like, uh, it has not been nice over here. For that, otherwise, like, the weather's gorgeous. And I think it's allergies solely because, like, in the south, I mean, you get it where you're at, North mm-hmm. Carolina. Things are just covered in pollen. Like, yeah. things are just coated yellow. Yeah. I never had that up north. Like, obviously, allergies are a thing up north, but it's not to the extreme as the south. So I, that's what I'm, like, blaming this on. I'm, like, for the first time in my life. I think I have allergies. But yeah, that's how I've been. How have you been? Well, I mean, you might hear strange noises on my end too, but for a different reason. (laughs) Um, Little babe is next to me. So just for context (laughs) for everyone, I know first couple episodes we talk about me being 38 weeks pregnant. Little babe came that week. What? Like 48 hours after the last episode we recorded that was the intention Uh of recording some of these episodes early so that I could have a little bit of maternity leave because newborns and schedules don't mix but I'm still in my pjs recording this morning you know ready for it but yeah Yeah. so if we hear cries it's because we're like fussy in our sleep but he is here ah that's so exciting oh my gosh how are how are you doing how are you adjusting so you're like two weeks in at this point Yep, a little over two weeks. Yep. How are you feeling? Like sleep deprived? Hormonal? Like what, where are we at right now? Um, it depends on the day, I would say. Uh, I've definitely been like napping when he naps uh, during the day good. as well, which is good. Some nights are better than others, but I, I mean, it's expected you're going to be tired. So I knew that going in. Yeah. Just like random moments of hormones like I just like looked at Atticus the other day and just started crying because I just loved him so much and I wanted to know him to know how much I still loved him so like wait but that's me every day of my life (laughs) so good luck one day so uh, yeah it's definitely been interesting I think like the hormones most of all like I just get so hot like hot flashes Mm. like crazy and then I'll always think like the babe is hot and I'm like are you overheating? And Chris is like, no, it's you. He's fine. Um, yeah. So it's good. <laughs> but Well, yeah. I mean, at least with like breastfeeding, you can just like walk around with a bra on and it's like no big deal. Yeah. I mean, most of the time it's like bra on with one boob out. So exactly. <laughs> yeah. See, and then you're just like airing everything out. You're keeping yourself cool. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But I mean, that's like the biggest life update, obviously. Obviously. Wow. That's... Ugh. So exciting. Oh my gosh. Okay. So just so you guys know, here going forward, they're going to be a little bit more in real time. We're going to take like a semi break. Patricia's still got more maternity leave, but like to you guys, you're still getting uploads every week, but we Mm -hmm. wanted to pre-record a few and we're doing one now and then we'll do one a little bit later and then it will actually be closer to when they launch. So you're not like, wait, this is like two months in advance. Yeah. Batman came out a while ago. Okay. (laughs) We're just... We're rolling with the punches. We decided to launch a podcast a month after Patricia, not even, it was like a month and a week after Patricia mm-hmm. was technically due, and then little babe ended up coming early. So, yeah, here we are. And for those yeah. who are curious, because I feel like on the last two episodes, we also talked about Catherine being there for the birth and everything, and she was yes. there 
we can I break was. that down one day if anybody is curious and we can ask Catherine all the questions about how traumatizing it was or wasn't um but yeah she did make it and it was in my eyes magical so I did make it I gotta say the most traumatizing thing to me was probably the drive there because I was terrified I wasn't gonna make it and then it was raining and it was like to the point of such heavy rain that everyone was driving under the speed limit so I was just like frustrated the drive was taking forever Patricia was like in like pre-labor she was like at home at this point but that was probably like the most like ah stressful traumatizing to me um I'm sure on your end that was not the most stressful it's fine (laughs) Well, I mean, to, like, both of our defenses, like, this is the first baby we've, like, actively participated in delivering. So, like, in hindsight, that pre-labor... I love that I'm considered an active participant in this. Yes. I did nothing. (laughs) But in hindsight, like, that active labor we started to have was, like, very premature. Like, there was not the rush that we were like, ooh. Mm -hmm. But it felt like it was onsetting quickly. So, you know, we didn't know. But, you know, if you... If we have a second, and if you're in the delivery room, I think it will escalate quicker. So at least you're ready for that stress. True. Yeah. True. If I'm invited, am I invited for the second? I mean, I'm just trying to keep one alive before I even think about making another. <laughs> okay. I was like, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. It's going to be like years in the future. But I mean, I'll come if you want photos again. I was a photographer, so I got like cute photos of them seeing the little babe yeah. for the first time. And it was, it was cute. Yeah. That's fun. I also realized, too, in one of our original episodes, we talked about how this podcast started, and it was like, oh, are you serious? I'm serious. Like, whatever. That is how Catherine coming into the delivery room started, too. It was very much a joke of, like, I get an extra person, and then Catherine was like, I want to be there. And then I was like, okay, but here's the thing. You said it, and I didn't really fully realize that you were joking. You were just like, I get an extra person. You want to be there? And I was like, heck yes, I want to be there. And then you were like shocked that I said yes. Yeah. But I just wanted to be your photographer because I figured I was like, either you're going to be in so much pain that you're not really going to remember like your initial reaction of seeing him or like I, I, I have no idea. I've obviously never given birth, so I don't know what it's like. But I was like, I think it would be really cool if I was having a child to have those photos of like, oh my gosh, the first time he was laid on my chest and like all that stuff. Like that's, that's just cool. A hundred percent agree. And I'm glad you brought that perspective because now at times I still go back and look at the photos, those photos and I'm just so glad I have them because the last thing I'm thinking about too is like where's my phone let me get a photo of Chris holding him for the first time like yeah you just don't think of that and maybe you have phenomenal nurses who are like thinking of that but we didn't even have to worry about it so yeah yeah, yeah that's nice wow so I went from that to coming home uh-huh. and it was my birthday and I went out partying and I've been holding this from Patricia because I needed her reaction on the podcast so I went out partying, had so much fun. First time in Birmingham, like getting drunk. Like I was, I was on my ass. Like I was, I was drunk, but I have never been out single. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, I was like in Nashville, but like it was different. I was there with like a group of friends and like those people you're never going to see again. So like, of course I chatted up some guys, but it wasn't anything. Yeah. This time chatted up a few guys Got two guys' phone numbers. Am I going to reach out? No, I'm not because I'm, like, single right now. But I was like, wow, this is such a better way to meet people because I met it just, like, really cool people. Like, another guy that, like, owned a business and he was telling me all about his business. And I was like, whoa, so fascinated and so in it. And I'm like, this is how I think I'm going to actually meet someone compared to a dating app. I'm shook. Um, <laughs> why are you not going to reach out? Like, did, did they only give you your number? Like, is cards in your hands or cards in both hands? Like, are you just, you don't want to pursue anything, but you were just glad to meet people? Um, 
mix of both. So one guy has my number. The other guy doesn't have my number. Um, so that one's like technically in my hands. Um, but I, I think I'm just like at the point where like it was fun to like meet people and chat up people and like flirt a little. But like I'm mm-hmm. not, You're not, there not yet. really like looking for something right now. Fancy just grabbed a tennis ball and is about to start playing. As long as you don't grab a squeaker toy girl, you're good. <laughs> as she sits down and just stares at me and goes, <laughs> That's what I wanted next. Wow. I'm I'm honestly just like shocked, but also proud of you for like going out there, having fun, enjoying your birthday because I know they haven't always been enjoyable. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I just like wish I had more video content of you out and about that night, but it's fine. Oh, no. Honestly, I was going back through, like, the blog footage, and I had to, like, cut something out. Because here's the thing. I get drunk, and I, for one, don't stop talking to people. So, funny enough, my service advisor for my car was there. (laughs) (laughs) So, I immediately saw him, and I was like, wait, do you know who I am? (laughs) I was like, you are my service advisor. And, of course, he knows who I am. So, we chatted up for, like, far too long. And of course I was drunk, so I was like, I'm trusting you to not screw me over with my car. Like, don't make me pay for things I don't need to pay for. I, I was drunk. I was on my butt. And then when I was meeting other people, I just like like to know their story. So this one guy that has a business, I was asking him like, okay, so who are your clientele? How do you make money? How long have you been doing this? Like, I was just asking so many questions. Patricia's bracelet right now is like, you are crazy. You're like this person <laughs> in the movies that like comes to the date with like their checklist and you're like grilling <laughs> someone. Like, no, no no wonder they haven't texted you. Ooh. No. No, I just, like, anything business-related. So when I was like, oh, like, what do you do? And he was like, oh, I own a business. I was like, tell me more with, like, crazy eyes. I was like, I'm in this. Like, I just, I'm just so fascinated by businesses and people that are, like, doing it. And especially, like, he's been doing it full-time for, like, a few years. I was like, this is just so fascinating, so cool. Well, that's good. So, yeah. Well, I I hope that I get to see the edited vlog footage one day of you, like, out and about. Um, if not, I'm going to find a way to contact Cameron and get, like, the deets behind your back. And find oh a gosh. way to contact her is, like, pretty easy, so. Yeah. yeah don't don't be holding these juicy secrets for me anymore. But I'm glad you shared them here because, like, uh, people, can't, people can't see my reaction, but I just, um, yeah, I was, I was speechless for, I think, you know, those half seconds. But I'm proud of you. Thank you. I like really like stepped outside my comfort zone and I was like, it was nice to like meet people in person. I think it's so different than on a dating app of like, here's their Mm -hmm. photos, here's their age, their height, their job, like everything. It was just like, I don't know anything about you. Like, tell me some things. Like it was, it was cool. But I think if realistically that would be my way of finding my future husband, I can't be as drunk because legitimately I yeah it was it was a little bit too far but it's fine no but that's okay you're just enjoying yourself i'm proud of you for like making friends getting out there coordinating some birthday celebrations Yeah, all very exciting i mean i feel like a lot has happened since we've chatted on the pod so exactly that's why you had to give your life update of becoming a mother and i had to give my life update of getting drunk of flirting proud of you (laughs) two different stages of life but that's why we're here right Exactly. Someone can relate to you and someone can relate to me. So anyways, today's episode, I want to specifically talk more to Patricia about like how she got started with her personal development journey. We're obviously going to talk about myself too, but Mm -hmm. I feel like mine, I've shared a lot. Like, do you know how I got started with personal development, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to ask you the same question. Like, 
when did you get started? How did you get started? Just like, in, I don't know if it's like whether like improving your life in general, like more with like the positive gratitude, like I don't, at anything, the origin point. So I don't have one origin point. I think I have small okay. moments that build up to like where I am today as I was like thinking about this. So uh, the first personal development book, and I don't even know that you can call it a personal development book, but it was more like a autobiography that kind of talked about personal development and mental health that I ever read was in college. Um, and it was Amanda Beard's book. So she's a swimmer, uh, an Olympic swimmer that was like 14 when she went to the Olympics, really young. And, um, it's, it's called in the water. They can't see you cry. And so when I read that book, it was like, this was somebody as a young swimmer I like looked up to. We did the same stroke, all of that. Mm-hmm. And um, reading about her story, like outside looking in, she had this amazing life. She was so talented. She went to the Olympics so young. But then you like learned about everything behind the scenes, like an eating disorder, like all of these yeah. things. And it was like I was at a point in my college career too where I was like I think sometimes I portray I'm happier than maybe I am. And so I was like, I don't want to be that person. I want to show up authentically myself, whether that is positive one day and, you know, a little moody the next, like whatever it is, I don't have to be the perfect person. Um, And that was a big shift for me too, because I think for so long I was under the impression that like you kind of don't let, like you don't let things slip. Like you, you have things go right, like things are clean things are this way things are that like and it's just a lot of pressure I think women feel a lot of that pressure yeah um and so that's where I was and I was like why why would I do this why would I like reading about her story got me there so that was like the uh, initial part of it okay can I ask you a question Uh uh-huh so when you like felt like you were portraying yourself as happier than you actually were Mm mm-hmm was it intentional or did it just almost become like autopilot after so many years? Like, do you know like why that ended up coming about for you? I think it was autopilot for so many years. And I think it was just like, I don't know if like, I just thought that was my personality. So that's just like what I did. But it was like, I think I was the person who always showed up to some practice. Like, we're ready to do this. Like positive attitude. Like even, yeah. And personally, I needed that. Like, if I'm going to swim at 5.30 in the morning and we're, like, running laps around the gym, like, I'm showing up like a psycho. Like, I'm not going to be the grumpy person. I can't. It's just not going to be good. But there's times where it's, like, it should be okay to be grumpy. And if I, like, was, people would be like, oh, my gosh, what's wrong? And there couldn't – there doesn't need to be something wrong. Like, I can just, like, I've not slept well or I'm nervous for a test or, like, whatever. So, yeah, I think it was autopilot. I don't know, like, when that autopilot, like, kicked in, but I felt like – yeah. It was autopilot for me, for sure. Which makes sense because, like, I'm, like, deep in this book right now that is, like, opening up my eyes to so many things. But it's talking about, obviously, like, your trauma. So, like, your first trauma mm-hmm. initial response origin point and then, like, how it shapes you over the years and how you have, like, these protectors inside of you and how, like, you just set these boundaries and these protectors up to keep you from never going back to that or like never facing that Mm -hmm. so for you obviously I have no idea like what caused that but like it makes sense that you were on autopilot for so many years and then you almost had like a wake up of like wait wait a second like I don't have to do this anymore Mm -hmm. 
I am curious what the initial point is, but like, I think I have to like, I don't know. Yeah. I think there's potentially a couple initial points. Yeah. Um, but I I probably have to like really think about that more before I just be like, this is the initial point. Right. Yeah. Um, but, but I would say that was the, the starting point of me kind of realizing, and I guess like awakening to like some of the autopilot I was on, um, and understanding like what personal development was going to look like for me. Um, I would say I'm lucky in that I, I don't think I have some of the same like mental health struggles that others do. Um, mm-hmm. And luckily I think I am more of a positive person. I don't think I have some of that, you know, chemical makeup that can trigger depression or other issues. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't have that. Um, <laughs> over here it's okay. i'm coughing and yeah. good old little baby is making some noises yeah so i didn't know if you just like real life yeah i didn't know if you could i hear can it hear it clearly. so i'm sure they can hear it but okay. it's okay we're just you're just, a working mom he just wants to make an appearance this. in his first episode um no, welcome yeah can i dive into like the next pivotal point or do you want to like dissect that yeah so i well i'm curious so you read that book and then was it just that one shift of like okay i can just like show up authentically who i am i don't need to be happy all the time or did you then like read another book like did it continue a little like track down this journey or was it just like oh cool i read that i'm gonna make these improvements and i'm good and then we're gonna hit like the next point yeah it was kind of just like that was like a little seed i it wasn't like blossomed into a perfect flower as I say well, I was like learning not yes. to be perfect but that was like yeah. a little seed that was planted and then I would okay. say I started my career and um was in a very aggressive field with some like passive aggression too where I guess this is like the millennial mindset though like we got participation awards and ribbons and <laughs> like you know everybody feels a little bit special but I was in a career where it was like look to like they literally said look to your left and look to your right like only one of you is going to be here in two years like how do you say that to somebody in their first job like when you're legitimately like 22 23 like how old are you 22 yeah I was 22 when I started so it was like what are you saying like you're already telling me I'm going to be a failure potentially and that's not what they're saying like it's competitive I get it but I think I only spent a year and a half in that job and I just think like mentally it really took a toll on me because I'm an achiever. We talk about that in our introduction episode. And so never kind of feeling like you're enough doesn't feel good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think from there, then I obviously got a new job. And I mean, when I interviewed for that job, I thought I, I so desperately wanted out of the current job I had. I thought I did so bad in the interview. I like cried on the way home. I was like, I'm never getting a new oh job. God, like my really? confidence was just in the toilet. Like, it was so okay, wait, bad. So can, I, can I ask, um, that field or, like, your first job that you had, mm-hmm. was it because of, like, your colleagues? Was it, like, the work environment? Was it, like, the company? Like, what was, like, the – or was it all three, honestly? <laughs> I mean, a, a little bit of all three. So I think it was the work environment that I thought was just, like, very passive-aggressive. And I'm, I think I'm very yeah. much, like, a team player. Like, I – think other people's success contributes to everyone's success like I don't need you to fail for me to succeed and I felt like that's the way things had to be there and that of course that's the way people think when they tell you like the two people sitting next to you are not going to be here or you're not going to be sitting here so like how else do you like come to those conclusions 
Um, I also just think there were a lot of tools and resources, but there were not good like coaching and just like teaching because let's face it, what you learn in college is not necessarily what you do in the real world, even if it's like relevant to your degree. So I was constantly just feeling like I was missing the mark, but like nobody was helping me get there. Like it was just like, here's everything you did wrong. And it was like, well, you never kind of said like, here's, I don't need, I can think critically. I don't need you to give me step-by-step instructions for everything. But I just felt like I was looking at a blank sheet of paper and people were like, build a house. I was like, oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) Here's how I would do it, you know? Yeah. So it was just a combination of both. So, you know, my confidence was really just shot after that. And I never thought I would be one of those people that would leave. I was like, I'm sticking this out. And I was like, count me out. That's just like for my own mental health, just not, not in it. So how, what ended up happening, if anything, that led you to start applying for other jobs? Like, was it just like this built up over time or like talking to Chris or like what happened? So, I mean, I was like working until really late at night. Like there was a time when we were going to visit you in Rochester, New York. And, you know, we were supposed to have like flex Fridays where, you know, if you worked your 40 hours Monday through Thursday, like you could take Friday off. And I planned on doing that because I was working till 2 a.m. And then my team was like, you can't have Friday off. And I was like, I have plans. Like my family is waiting for me. Like this is not, this is not just like a random request. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was like some sleep deprivation. And then that was like the summer and I was still working there for a couple more months and I was studying for my CPA and it was the day before Thanksgiving. So most, not all places, but um, in my field, most places give you kind of like a half day the day before Thanksgiving, like the office mm-hmm. just shuts down. And so I told my team, I'm going to take that morning off and sit for my one of my CPA tests. And then like, you know, I'll see them the next week. I'll get my work done Monday yeah. through Tuesday. Well, I had sat for my C- one portion of my CPA exam, which if anybody knows, that's like four hours of a test, like exhausting. Of course, like studying yeah. up to that, working while studying everything. And I come out of the test and I just like have two missed calls and like emails and texts from the one person on my team being like, you have to get back on and do this, blah, blah. And it was something that I had finished a couple weeks ago and they didn't review till the night before. So it was like, there's all, yeah, like the the timing was just poor. And I was just like, I just want to go home and be with my family. I just had this crazy hard test. And, And the worst part to me was like, you didn't even ask how my test went. Like, you could have at least yeah. said, hey, hope your test went well. Or like, how did it go? Like, we just blatantly ignored that. And so when I got home and opened my laptop, I was like checking my personal email too. And it was like, oh, on LinkedIn, this recruiter had reached out to you. And I was like, screw it. I'm responding. Um, Heck yeah. And then I remember you and I that Friday morning went to Panera. You were still in college. So you were like doing schoolwork. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I got to like finish this work. I didn't finish on Wednesday because I was just so irritated. Um, and that recruiter called me, like they were off on Friday and they like saw that I messaged them back on LinkedIn and they were like, let's just talk. I, I vividly remember just like pacing in the parking lot, talking to them about like what I didn't like about my job, what I potentially would be looking for, but I wasn't even like really looking. Um, and yeah, the next week I had an interview. So I wasn't even mentally ready for an interview. Like, I don't think I was in a good place, which is probably why I drove home crying. Um, but yeah, it, it wild. I mean, things happen just, like, at the right time, Mm -hmm. you know, for you to, like, have that recruiter reach out, and then that's now the company you're working for, right? Yes. Yeah. The The crazier part of that story is they were interviewing a couple of people for one position, and I was not the top choice, 
it was actually one of the the people I work very closely with now and have for like the six years I've been there that was like I I agree that this is our top choice but I think we have to give Patricia a chance like is there any way we could have a second opening to potentially hire her as well like I was not the top choice really? to be hired and their top choice to be hired like left a year and a half later I'm the one that's still there yeah wow that's that's so cool yeah, I That's mean, I, like, hold it over their heads all the time now. I'm like, you didn't even want to hire me, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be anyone's second choice. But at the no. same time, like, this company, because you're in the same, like, field of work, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but the company that you're at now, it's amazing just, like, hearing your experience from the first company. Like, it's almost night and day how much this company actually cares about their employees. It is night and day. It is 100% night and day. Yeah. That's that's wild and so amazing for you to like advocate that like honestly we spend so much of our time at work like if you don't like what you do if you don't like the people you're surrounding yourself with it's like sometimes you got to make a change like you got to jump ship and good for you for finding another company so but that rolls into like where I was at though when you say like you don't like what you want to do like I was just like is this what I want to do is this like what's truly going to make me happy I was sitting for my CPA I was constantly getting 74s and 75 is passing and it was just like I'm not a good test taker like I'm not good at memorizing for the fact of memorizing like I have to understand why when I'm learning so it was like frustrating and then I just like didn't feel like work was going well and I think that's really when I started to just like read more positive mindseted like books like in general just like not even fully I would say self-development where it's just like here's leadership strategies or like how to have empathy and and those sort of things it was more what are some like biographies that are telling the story of like mm. people's lives and just like things they've overcome in like their mindset like um yeah. those sort of books like mindy kaling's girl boss mm-hmm. you know girl wash your face those sort of things um yeah. and then it's gotten me into like some of the deeper books too but that's where it just started I just needed some more like positive outlook of like everybody goes through those rough patches but like with social media you only see the best of and it was like I mean I'm not even a big social media person like I don't have Facebook like I I I cut those things out of my life a long time ago but it was still just like you get the highlight reel and it was like no Mm -hmm. there's there's more to that and there's more to that especially for successful businesswomen for actors actresses those types of things and it was so healthy for me to read those stories and be like it's okay to go through like the peaks and valleys it's just like how are you going to come out of a valley and then like turn it into a peak mm-hmm. dang I love that come out of a valley yeah that's good that's good thank you okay so then like fast forward you got mm-hmm. this job mm-hmm. cried cried after the interview cried after but the they interview. ended up Patricia was second choice but you know it's fine Middle but I'm still there we're here <laughs> so you got that job fast forward you were reading those books is there anything else that was really pivotal for you because I remember at one point like you sent me a text message do you I don't know that I remember this text message um but I think the other pivotal thing was we went to that personal development conference and it was just like yeah I was at the point of like am I again happy my job because I just like had been there four to five years and it was like is this what truly makes me happy I think like it's so healthy for me to see you just like every day like I'm going to choose what makes me happy today like is that work is that a walk with fancy is that just Mm -hmm. whatever that is I think that's been healthy for me to see and so I think it was like the is this really what I want to do like I you know you chose accounting at like 18 does that mean you have to stick with accounting forever that sort of thing 
But I think the biggest thing that I took away from that conference, and it wasn't even necessarily from that conference. I think it was a time where I was just seeing like gratitude journals and I tried to start journaling many times in my life. It's just not for me. Just not. So I, really? I look at a blank sheet of paper and I'm just like, I write like hi oh, to myself. I love it. Like I, I can't do it. <laughs> but what I was like, one thing I can start doing is just speaking aloud what I'm grateful for from a positive standpoint and this was probably Mm -hmm. literally the start of the pandemic like when you weren't leaving your house and it was like the news was terrible and so I looked at my husband I said before dinner every day we're gonna find one thing we're grateful for today because we haven't left this house like the world is on fire like our jobs are like fully remote and you're not interacting with people the same way you were before and so we were just like we're gonna find one thing positive and then within like a week or two one thing turned into three things like it just became easier to live that way and I think even when we find ourselves like complaining or just like in a negative space it's like okay refresh what is one thing that happened good today whether it's related to this subject or not like we Mm -hmm. have to find the positive in it and it really has helped us like end each day thinking about things we're grateful for whether it's like just like we got a good walk in or like you know we got a good night's sleep like whatever it is like there's so many things to be grateful for that other people don't have and it has to happen in the yeah. last 24 hours like you can't say i mean i'm still using the babe as like my gratefulness most days but like you can't be like you know i'm grateful for my family just every single day like what specifically about your family or something like that yeah Unless something, like, traumatizing happens or, you know, like, yes. someone yes. passes away and you're like, I am grateful that, like, I'm still here or whatever. Like, it, it's yeah. relevant. Yes. Um, yeah, no, even yesterday we were on the phone and we did, like, the grateful list because Patricia and Chris were making dinner. I wasn't making dinner at that point, but we, all three of us did the grateful list and then Patricia immediately went into something negative and I don't even remember what it was about and I Literally just, like, either. stopped her midway. I was like, I'm sorry, did you just do your grateful list? Because if not, like... What? Sorry, and then Chris was like, we need one more thing. Like right now we need mm-hmm. one more thing. But it's a good way to almost reality check yourself as well as like I notice when I'm in the moment of things, mm-hmm. I notice how grateful I am like when I'm in the moment. So it doesn't have to be like the end of the day, but like I can just be on a nice walk and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so gorgeous out. Like the sun on my face, the wind in my hair, this is freaking fabulous. I love this. Like, and it's just like a good, keeps you in like a positive mindset. Yeah. And we make everybody do it. Like, if you come to our home for mm-hmm. dinner or, like, we're at your place. for Like, we make everyone do it. It's kind of our way of, like, saying grace um, before yeah. we eat. So, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't feel bad for making people do it. I think it's a positive thing. That's Yeah, that's one thing, like, make people do. Honestly. Yeah. But I want to backtrack a little bit because mm-hmm. the text message that I got from you. So... I've like spoke about this very vaguely on my channel and stuff because this was like a real turning point for me in my credit card debt journey. Mm -hmm. So I was in like deep credit card debt. I had like two credit cards maxed out like zero. I I was broke. I was very, very broke. And Patricia texted me and was like, hey, I want to do this retreat. I think it was like in Boston or something. Oh yeah, it was like a yoga retreat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a yoga retreat, but it was like mental, whatever. And I just, I didn't have the money to do it. Mm -hmm. Like it would have... Absolutely. Like, I think I legitimately had like $200 left on one of my credit cards. And I was like, no, and that's it. Like, I was like, I just, I can't do it. And that was like a turning point for me of like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be broke anymore. Like if my family needs me, I I just, I like, I can't do this. Yeah. But that was before then the personal development conference of like you being like, okay, do I want to do accounting, whatever else. Mm -hmm. I think something really important to bring up here is that you've always loved food and cooking yeah. and baking and that was part of your almost like 
identity crisis with work in a sense if you want to like dive more into that yeah I think just like I mean growing up I just always remember like helping make dinner or Mm -hmm. making treats for like our cousin's birthdays or like cookouts or like any holiday like I was making dessert I mean I I can't even remember Thanksgiving where I didn't help fully prepare all of it I just I love to be in the kitchen and that's like a my creative outlet like you are very much more artsy and like the photography and drawing and that sort of thing like my creativity comes out in the kitchen for sure and Mm -hmm. I just think I never really pursued that in a way that like this is like what makes me happy because I just didn't see that as like a career potentially I guess when I was younger and so I think I just had this crisis of like I'm happiest when I come home and decompress in my kitchen and like what does that say right um and there are certain aspects of my job that like I just still don't love but there's things that I've found that I do love and so it's like definitely like made the balance better for me but um yeah I think I just had this identity crisis of like what I love doing is what I get to do for maybe 30 minutes a day and sometimes it feels rushed and Mm -hmm. um yeah it was just like am I doing what makes me happy am I having the impact that I want to have um when you work in accounting sometimes you just feel like you're making wealthier people more money and it's like that's (laughs) I think I was just like working with um some some people that I was just like I don't care to make you any more money like this just doesn't it doesn't Uh like fulfill me and so that's that's definitely where I was coming from it's just like how do I express what I'm most passionate about and how do I one still make money too like the fear of uh not being able to financially provide for myself is definitely significant I would say in my life so um yeah I wish I like had the courage you did you know back in the day maybe to just be like this is what I'm gonna do and it like maybe totally doesn't make sense to other people um but yeah no I just needed more of like a nine to five stability routine in my life for some reason so do you think like in the future maybe you would like end up quitting your job and doing something with cooking because you're like I needed you said I needed the Mm -hmm. nine to five so it's like do you think in the future like you won't need it I don't know um yeah and I think because like in the last episode we mentioned how like both of us want to have rental properties and stuff so Mm -hmm. like maybe when you're at that point of like having other income through like rental properties it would give you more so the push of like hey I can do this I'm financially secure but yeah curious I think it's a financial security that would still like hold me back potentially um but Mm -hmm. if we had more of that financial security in in other outlets maybe potentially I think the hard thing the mental block for me right is that this is, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but when I was one test away from finishing my CPA, I was like, I'm going to have so much free time. You were still in college. We were still in our first apartment in DC. I told Chris, I was like, I'm going to start a food blog. Like I'm going to do it. And it was like, of course I didn't pass that test three times. And then I lost, started losing tests. And I was like, well, there goes that dream. Um, <laughs> Come on, Patricia. <laughs> I know, but I was like, immediately is, she's like, I quit. I, give I quit. Up. I give up. No, but I was like not giving up on my CPA. Right. But that wasn't what was making me happy. So it was obviously the wrong thing to, like, focus my energy on. But it was, like, what I was telling myself I needed to do. 
um, which doesn't mean it was right. And it was like what I was thinking I needed to do. Yes, exactly. And that's also in your career. Mm -hmm. It's like you graduate, like you took as many credits or you got as many credits as you had to get to sit for the CPA. And like, that's just like the path that you go on in your career. So it's like, this is what I'm doing. And I didn't have $38,000 in student loan debt to start a flu blog in my mind. Like I had that debt Mm. to have this accounting career, right? So I never did that. And now I think I like look at the space and I'm just like, it's so diluted that like what is the point right and there's not to say there's no point there's room for everybody and that's Mm -hmm. the point of it all and everybody has like a different perspective but I just I don't do good at like prioritizing sometimes that that space for myself to like be creative and if like the bathrooms need cleaned I do that over like kind of pursuing the fun things that that I enjoy which like I've created some really yummy things. Like, I need to focus on that and just prioritize my own self there, um, which I'm not good at, but maybe this will hold my feet to the fire to do it. Yeah, see, you know what? He's getting mad at you. He's like, Mom, chase your passion. Yeah. Get with it. You show love this. Me... Continue to make me yummy things because I get it through yeah. your breast milk. This is fabulous. Like... And show me I can be whatever I want to be. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I, I had a train of thought. Now my train of thought just, like, absolutely left me. I'm like, where the heck was I going with this? No. Okay. What I was going to say is, like, you're like, okay, the space is so diluted. It is. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think you have a unique perspective in terms of gluten-free obviously like making gluten-free baked goods taste good I mean it's it's different these days compared to like five years ago when you first got started like yeah I feel like it didn't taste as good but like that's one side of things like you and Chris just in general eat very healthy so I think like making healthy food taste good I know there's still a lot of people that are doing it nowadays but yeah there's still there's there's only one you Patricia okay I know I think and that, you're also really good at food photography, okay? <laughs> thank you, thank you. I think the one thing is for me too, I, I don't measure things. Like I just don't. I just, mm. even like when we have something in the oven, I don't put a timer on it. Like I can just feel when it's done. And so I need yeah. to get better at just being like, no, I'm measuring everything that goes in here tonight so then I can like share it with people just, because otherwise yeah. I'm just winging it. And it, it works for me, but that doesn't work for other people. And you're like, you just add some of this. Like that doesn't work. So. No, especially people that are, like, just getting started. Because I know, I mean, growing up, Patricia made all the food or our mom made all the food. Like, I legitimately, the first time I made, like, scrambled eggs was when Patricia had her wisdom teeth taken out and I had to yeah. make her food. So I think mom gave me instructions on how to make scrambled eggs. And I was yeah. like, I don't even know what the heck I'm doing. But, like, when I was, especially when I graduated college and I was, like, first getting started in the kitchen. Like, that was my first time getting started in the kitchen. I relied on those recipes to have very specific instructions because I didn't know anything. No. So you got to write it down. I know. And I think the kitchen can be really intimidating to people and it shouldn't be because it's it's how you're fueling yourself. And if you kind of understand Mm -hmm. that healthy food can taste good, you're not shying away from it. I mean, we still eat pizza and chicken wings and french fries. Like, don't get me wrong. But like... Well, yeah, but it's balance. It's balance. And I truly don't believe in, like, a diet culture. And, yes, I'm gluten-free, but that is, is for my, my health. It's not for me to stay a certain weight or, or those yes. sort of things. That, that I don't want to say that's, like, triggering for me, but I just feel like diet culture and the idea of uh, what a woman's body image should be based on social media is just so skewed, too. Um, mm-hmm. It all kind of, like, goes into that bucket for me. 
Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, I'm excited and ready for you to start sharing your food with me because like those sun butter cups, I'm telling you, are the most delicious things I have ever had. Yeah. And I need, I need Need more. more. But Patricia also does like all her fun testing and stuff when I'm not there. And then I see it and I'm like, why am I not there for these delicious donut, whatever concoction things? I'm like, yeah. Because it takes time and my kitchen's a mess. And when you're here, like, I don't want that. But also, like, I made two dozen sun butter cups for when Catherine would be here at delivery. And I still have at least a dozen, I think, in my freezer. And you were complaining that there were not enough. And I should have sent you home with some. I don't, I don't feel like we ate them enough. Here's the thing. I didn't want to steal some of your frozen food stuff. Oh, those were made legitimately for the reason as, like, the thank you to you for coming. Everything else, hands off. (laughs) everything else don't touch don't touch especially my frozen breast milk right now that is liquid gold liquid gold liquid gold oh my gosh yeah that's anyway I feel like if you're comfortable let's like turn the tables to you because I know you've like shared this a lot but I think we have different journeys like I said I don't I haven't really struggled with like mental health issues and I think that's been a triggering event for you don't let me like lead your story here but like we kind of got on this journey very differently and to bring it a little bit full circle, we talk about this so much probably because we're both at a point where we're very nosy in each other's lives in a healthy way. In and, a healthy way, yeah. And the way that, like, if we kind of mention, like, at New Year's, you were like, this was the worst year of my life, and you just kept going. And I was like, no, like, let's dissect that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we don't just let each other graze over things. But um, where was your – do you have, like, an exact origin point, or are you kind of like me where you had, like, different steps of the journey? I, so in the book I'm reading right now, which honestly a lot of books talk about this, is like big T trauma versus little T trauma. Mm-hmm. I think, which like you should absolutely never do this, but I'm going to do it for this one second. I think compared to like what I've lived through trauma wise, compared to what you've lived through trauma wise, I think you have a lot more little T's compared to I have big T's. You obviously have some big T's that like I could point out that like I'm not going to point out for you, but I went through several big T traumas that just like Mm -hmm. stacked on top of each other. And as I'm reading this book, I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm starting to realize like so many things must have happened in our childhood, no fault to our mom, no fault to our dad, that I have blocked out or blacked out. And it's like whenever other situations happen, I'm like, oh my gosh, wait, I already have these protectors, like you said, of like putting up the happy face, whatever. Mm -hmm. I already have this from something else. It's just now gotten heightened and it's gotten worse. So for me, mine started also in college, but honestly, like, I was struggling with my mental health in high school. I just didn't realize it. Like, when I look back on my art, which I don't know if you've ever done, do you even have, like, your old artwork from high school and stuff? No, I was not that talented. No one wants No, but you don't have, like, a folder? Like, I've got still, like, the orange folder from high school. Nobody saved that of mine trash it is in a pile mom has it somewhere i mean maybe i don't know why she would move across the country with that i feel like that would be especially mine no yeah no i have mine so anyways it was like a few years ago i decided to like look back on all that artwork and i look back at it and it's like truly like a picture's worth a thousand words like if Mm -hmm. i was in art therapy at the time a therapist would have been able to like pinpoint like oh my gosh this girl is so so incredibly sad on the inside but i didn't realize it until i had my big T trauma mm-hmm. happened in college where, so 
I was in a sorority and our sorority was shut down for hazing. And at the time I was the treasurer when it like first got started and I was like in the position to become president. Like I was running for president at the time. And then I ended up becoming president and I took over the sorority when we were in trial and going through that, going through the whole trial process with the school, going through the investigation, everything. Like I dedicated my freaking life and soul to mm-hmm. that sorority. Here it comes, Patricia, here it comes. I saw it. This is cry number one for Catherine. <laughs> we knew it was going to happen. Um, no, whenever I talk about this, this is why like I know like I still have so much work to do because I'd love to be able to talk about this and not mm-hmm. cry. But it's just like what I went through, I gave everything to that sorority to keep it alive, to keep it around because we were ready to be shut down for good. Like mm-hmm. never exist ever again bad and we are or well yeah I guess we can say it's still around um we're a local sorority so it's not like we're just like a chapter of a big sorority that's across the nation like it's this one and only thing so I was like if we lose this one and only thing like we're letting all our alumni down everything and I went through this whole process and while I was going through it the school just made these like really messed up rules that like really isolated me like I couldn't tell even my sorority sisters, what was going on in the investigation. I couldn't tell anyone outside that we were in under investigation. Like it was really messed up. So it got to a point where my sorority sisters just did like really, really hurtful things. Mm-hmm. And like one of them even tried to get re- removed as president because they didn't think I was doing enough to save the sorority. They didn't understand what I was doing because they couldn't know. Like I wasn't legally allowed to share. And to this day, I still have, like, trauma responses of, like, when people make accusations of me or accusations, like, of my character. I'm so triggered because, like, I was in that point where, like, what I thought my closest friends yeah. were doing that same thing to me. And it's, like, oh, it was so incredibly hurtful. So that's, like, kind of where my mental health really hit a peak. But at that time, I still didn't know what to do. Like, all of my sorority sisters, not all of them, but <laughs> the girls that I was surrounding myself with, they were going to like the school therapist and stuff and I was like oh I don't need that like I had never been to therapy up until that point when looking back I'm like girl you should have you should have been in therapy because like that ended up I ended up having I was never technically diagnosed but like what I would assume or think it is is like PTSD from that or something Mm -hmm. similar to it because I would have nightmares in the middle of the night waking up and I was back in that trial and I just had like such a bad go at it where I just like had so much trauma that like kept coming back and hitting me and it was it was rough it didn't get to a point until I had graduated college and I like tell the story with my brand because it's how my brand got started but I graduated college I was working a full-time job I got home from that job fancy and I were sitting on the couch and I was eating ice cream for dinner and I just, like, I hated myself so much to the point where I, like, I was eating ice cream for dinner. Like, <laughs> Sounds delicious. I, it, it was delicious, but, like, it wasn't healthy. healthy. Like, I just, I had stopped caring for myself totally. And I just kind of looked at her and I was like, you know, if I keep going this way, I won't make it to 30. Mm-hmm. I was like, I won't. I was like, I'll be dead before I'm 30. And... I just knew I was like, something has to change. So I made a list of like what I hated and what I wanted to change. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I didn't like my location. I didn't really love my job and like a couple of other things. And I was like, you know what? Let's start with the hardest thing first. I was like, let's start with my career. (laughs) 
<laughs> of course. Like, you spend so much time in your career. So if you spent eight to 10 hours to 12 hours, like however much you were working, hating it, right? Like how do you have that attitude outside of it if you get eight hours of sleep? Like how do you find yeah. time to be happy then because you have to like come down from that, right? So yeah. I, I mean, I think it was the thing that had to switch first. Yeah. And I also think I'm such a stubborn person so I honestly think, like, it had to come to the point of something so traumatic happening for me to, like, realize, like, oh, my gosh, something needs to change. Because I don't yeah. think I would have – I don't – I think I would have kept on that course for so incredibly long if I didn't just, like, have a wake-up call of, like, yeah, holy okay. shoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got to change here. So from that, I got started with my blog, and I read – my first personal development book, I guess you could call mm-hmm. it, was Girl Boss. Mm-hmm. which isn't it's like not really a personal development book but it's still like it's like how she got started with nasty gal um so i read that and then after that i read you are a badass and that book truly like changed my life like i recommend that book to absolutely everyone because it's just like it's it's so incredibly good and it's so easy for any beginner that like doesn't believe in a higher power doesn't believe in almost like personal development in a sense like it's it's a very easy get started book. Which is crazy because I have never been able to get past like the third chapter of that book. I, I don't do not understand. I don't understand it either. But going back, giving you a little bit of break to like blow your nose, cry, whatever. Um, going back to you saying you had uh, like some more big T's compared to my little T's. I do think when our parents first separated, I, I vividly yeah. remember this conversation. I remember exactly where we were in our home at that time when, when our mother had it with us. She said, does anybody want to talk to somebody? And I said, yes. And I didn't, I don't think I knew what that meant, but she then did put me in therapy for a couple oh, wait, of so years. Hold on. How, how old were you at that point? Just so the audience understands. Um, I think our parents separated when I was in sixth grade. And so I think it was at least sixth, seventh and eighth grade fully I was in therapy I would go like grandma would pick me up from school I would go to therapy and she would have a McChicken sandwich from McDonald's for me that would be my lunch because I was out during lunch and then like she would bring me back and this was not like every day it was not like that big of a deal um but I think me saying yes to that conversation was super helpful like I can't tell you the tools the therapist gave me when I was 13, right? But I think it yeah. helped my mental health and just, like, understand what was going on in the world around me, like, comprehend my feelings and emotions. And I wish you had that. Like, I think you were too young. Yeah. Like, you were, like, in fourth grade. Like, how are you supposed to raise your hand and say, like, I, I wish you genuinely had that sooner in life as well. I'm not saying it would have changed who you are or anything, but I just think there's such a thing stigma around therapy too like you even said like there were girls in your sorority going to therapy but you were the one experiencing most of the trauma and you're like i don't need Mm -hmm. it and it's like that you don't have to have anything wrong with you to just like talk to somebody oh my gosh yeah yeah and when you said like you said like i wish you had that it's like our mom honestly did a great job of sitting us down and being like do any of you want to talk to someone i honestly i don't remember that yeah. Like, I remember certain things within, like, their divorce and their split and, like, when it, like, all went down. But, like, I don't remember that conversation. So, it's, like, mm-hmm. that was available to me. But, like, mom never forced me to do it, which was probably a smarter thing to do in a sense. I don't know, yeah. like, as a parent, like, what I would do in that situation. But, mm-hmm. yeah, great. I, I wish I would have gotten started with therapy earlier. I just, I, I just, like, didn't really 
no. And I think it's because like the friends that I surrounded myself with in high school, like uh, we probably should have given like a trigger warning in this episode that like we were going to talk about like suicide and self-harm and stuff. But like I had friends that were like self-harming mm-hmm. themselves and it almost looked like normal for me because like my friends were around doing this yeah. and like were struggling with things that I was like, oh wait, this is just normal. This is like teenage angst teenage yes yeah that's like what I thought it was and I was like ah it's whatever it's fine and like for the most part like I was honestly I was I was pretty happy I did have like a good middle school high school experience but I think underneath there were things that like I just like wasn't facing necessarily Mm -hmm. yeah and it's I don't know it's kind of wild for me to hear this back right because we drifted a little bit in college like we were always still like friends I would come visit that sort of thing but we're not like as close as we are now but I mean I would have never looked at you and been like Catherine's going through all of this right like you also did a good job of kind of like brave facing a lot of it for sure and I think that's like what what I'm reading in this book it's like I want to figure out like what is the initial thing from childhood that like made me think this way but like I'm such a person of like I can do everything myself And I don't need help from others. Mm -hmm. So why would I worry others? So like for me, I'm always like, just like put on a brave face, just get through it. And then like, you can deal with it yourself later on. Mm -hmm. Where I almost wish I was like a little bit more just like open. About what's going on. Like you could just like pick up the phone. And I think that's part of like the helper in you, right? If you are helping others, you can't be like, not that you're bringing them down by telling them what you're going on. Like, it's letting people into your circle so you, you yourself can have help. Um, and maybe the helper in you just, like, thinks that's too much of a burden on others. Honestly, that makes a lot of sense. I'd believe it. Maybe. <laughs> but I don't really know. <laughs> we're still we're still <laughs> I'm not the professional here. <laughs> yeah. I'm not either. Yeah. Okay, so you're in – you're out of college. You're on your couch eating ice cream for dinner. You're diving into self-help books any like that's like your big t that got you into this journey or is there you got some more big t's small t's do you have enough tissues yeah, over I there mean, that was honestly like crying while also having like allergies and stuff i was like oh my gosh like i blew my nose before this and i'm like oh this is like awful over here thank this... goodness i can just like cut out my audio so no one can hear i was about to say this is gonna be the episode that ruins us and people are like once not listen to this <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just going to cut my audio for that point because you're talking, so it's fine. We make it work here. We Good need um, tag teaming. A, an allergy prescription sponsor, please. Thank you. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> anyway, fine. go ahead. It's fine. Um, yeah, so that was like my big, my big for sure tea was like what happened in college and then I just like mm-hmm. never phased it. Like I was, I was drowning for so many years and I just didn't phase it. So I ended up starting my blog. I moved because those were like two things that I said I didn't really like and then I knew it could change. So I ended up changing those and I got started with personal development and the next like big thing that really hit me that like put me in what I now call like my deepest depression and the point that I like really hope I never get back to It was spring of 2017 and I was just like, I was just going through it. I think it was my first time living in upstate New York and I was like trapped in an apartment 24-7. My boyfriend at the time was traveling for work so like he really wasn't around and I just felt so isolated and so alone and I like didn't have any friends around and 
I, I was just like in a very, very low low and I was just surrounded by people that like didn't really care about me. And I like talk about it in my birthday vlog that I just edited because that was the birthday when I had I showed up and there was like the wrong number on the birthday cake. And when you're in like a very deep depression, like it's so trivial, but it's mm -hmm. such a small thing that was just like the straw that broke the camel's back. And I just I crumbled. Um, so, yeah, so I was in my one of my lowest lows then. And then a few months later, we actually had a family member commit suicide. Mm -hmm. And that was a huge awakening for me because, like, we weren't even that close. Like, when we were younger, we were close. But, like, not now. But that hit me so hard. And I was like, wait, if this is hitting me so hard, this is so the helper in me. I was like, if I don't think I'm going to make it to 30 because of the exact same thing, I was like, I could never do that to my family members. And I think it's really the helper in me. But, like, it made me, like, really wake up and be like, wait a second. Okay, what can I do? Like, how can I make more strides, more effort to actually better my life so that I want to be here? Mm -hmm. So I remember that happened. And I was already in the process of, like, trying to create some better things for myself. So I had already scheduled to go to a yoga class that afternoon. And I remember mom called me and told me, and I was like, I already have this yoga class scheduled. Let's just go. Let's just do it. And that yoga instructor, like, really transformed my life. I practiced with her for, like, two years. She was fabulous. But it, like, it all became about, it was, like, the day that I found out. Mm -hmm. And, like, she, just, like, her talking about, like, being present and just, like, pushing yourself in new ways. Like, it was so incredibly helpful. And I found such relief through yoga and it continued to like push me to be like, wait, if I don't like my life, why don't I change it? Mm -hmm. You know, like seeing that happen, I was like, wait a second, like we have control here. And I am thinking, have you ever heard like things can either happen to you or things can happen for you? Yeah. At that point, I was like, everything's happening to me. I was like, ah, when it's like, no, like things can happen for you. So I just like had to fancy's back with her dying ball again, man. Here. <laughs> <laughs> She's so cute the way she like throws it around and plays with herself. It's ridiculous. Yeah, so I just like I really went harder with my business at that point because I was only a few months in and I was like, you know what, I'm doing this. I was like, I need to create a life that I love. And that's like really the huge messaging behind my brand. I mean, I've never talked about him passing and whatever else, but a lot of what I do or what I like think about is like how can I help someone else that's potentially in that situation that like hates their freaking life? Like how can I show them that like life is worth living and that they can actually create a life that they love for themselves? And it's like very deep, it's very deep. But I also like donate to an organization that like is for um, suicide prevention and mental health and college campuses and stuff because it's like so heavy on my heart. And yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too, when creating a life you love, you don't have to be at the point that you don't think you're going to live past a certain age or, like, to the point where you Agreed. want to, to harm yourself to, like, follow Catherine's brand or, like, understand her messaging, right? There's even, yeah. like, when I talk about my journey of, like, I just, there's times where I just don't feel totally fulfilled because, like, the one thing I'm happy doing I spend 30 minutes on a day, right? Like, it it's balance. You don't have to be in that low of a low to, to realize you potentially need a change and you need something yeah. different. And it's so healthy to just recognize that and to talk to somebody about that too um yeah and that's you know where we've come a long way in our relationship as well of just like and that's how this podcast has gotten started right like how can we talk about those things and how can we support each other in creating a life mm -hmm. we love too and so you're not 
afraid to start a blog and not tell anybody about it like and those sort of things you should have that support encouraging you along the way the other thing i'm thinking is like we just have to go like all out for your 30th birthday now like if you didn't think you were gonna make it there like we are going all out yeah i've already thought about it (laughs) i'm thinking like i want to do like almost like napa or something like go to like wine country or like something like Mm -hmm. big something big i mean we've got two years to plan it so exactly we got a little less than two years okay time is ticking (laughs) okay two years minus a week okay um yeah but I agree and I think that's why like this podcast especially is going to be so powerful I know I said that but like there's going to be someone that can relate to what I'm going to say is like the extreme of me compared Mm -hmm. to just like you as well which I'm not diminishing or dropping down like what you've gone through in any way but it's just like we obviously have very different experiences with mental health, personal development, yeah. life, period. Like, yeah, and I mean, we, we were raised in the same home, but we digested life differently. We have different personalities. We have different feelings, and there's no right or wrong. I don't feel like you're diminishing my trauma and saying, like, yours is worse, therefore you should yeah. be X, Y, and Z. Like, no, we no. all go through things, and I think it's having the respect for one another and having the – empathy for one another and just just holding a space for each other like sometimes like you and I both don't need advice we just need space like I just need space to put these feelings out there and if you don't have a friend that can do that you like find one and you can if you have to start the conversation saying I don't need your advice I don't need anything I just need space like hopefully you have somebody in your life that you can do that with because that is incredibly powerful too when you just can talk to somebody without feeling like mm-hmm. you are judged or you're about to be told everything you're doing is wrong or that oh sort of gosh, thing yeah yeah even to have someone that like you can go to and share all of your shit that's going on and all they say is that sucks mm-hmm. like I do that a lot to people when they complain to me I'm like you know what like that just sucks because mm-hmm. I, I know, like, toxic po- positivity is such a thing, and I never want to be like, well, you know, we are gratitude people. Well, look at the positive. It's like, no, sometimes, you know what that does? Like, freaking suck. suck. Yeah. But it's it's going to get better, like, <laughs> you know? But, like, at the same time, like, you you need to have your feelings validated sometimes and just, like... Yeah. I would much rather hear... Yeah, I, I there's just one point in my life where you just, like, you were on the phone with me and you are like, that that sucks and it was the one thing I needed to hear because everybody else was telling me like everything happens for a reason and that wasn't what I needed to hear so yeah yeah, sometimes just telling somebody that sucks is is support enough yeah wow I thought you were gonna cry there almost got you I'm not gonna dive deeper on that topic because we'll get there another day we will have a whole episode (laughs) on that topic definitely um, but I couldn't, I couldn't let us be one and one on the first, first time. I just had to oh, cry. Come on. No, because that episode I for sure will, will cry. So. Yeah, be, I'm excited be one to dive more into that. Like once, once you have the space and you're ready for it, obviously like all these conversations we're having here, if there's something we're uncomfortable sharing, like we'll, we'll tell the other person, we'll let them know. But like mm-hmm. the, our, one of our goals with this is to help each other grow through mm-hmm. this. So it's like we kind of do want to push each other to an uncomfortable level, but like not to a point of bad, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it's not going to be us totally like I don't cry anymore about this experience because then it's not 
we're not really working through things real time with each other and that's that's the goal right but there are certain yeah. things that yeah you just need a, l- a little bit of time maybe still healing mm-hmm. yeah. yeah but i mean very different journeys on how we got here i don't think anyone is more right or more wrong then i think no. we're still gonna like we have so much life left to live because you're obviously living past 30 um that this podcast can live on forever because our journeys are gonna have a flow forever forever no yeah i think it's honestly it's kind of cool because when we first or when you first reached out to her i don't even know how it came about planning my bachelorette party um i really didn't want to do anything i like had always wanted to go to california i mean i've been to california when i was a kid but patricia Mm -hmm. was like you know what let's go to california for your bachelorette and i was like it's a lot of money. I don't have any money. I was like, I don't know what to do here. I was like, this is bad. So I like found the personal development conference and it was something that honestly, it, it was a business expense. Mm-hmm. So I could charge it to my business. And I was like, this is going to be something that's really good for me. It will be fun. And it'll be like a way to bring Patricia and I together. And I think that's really when our like personal development kind of crossed paths because before yeah. that, I don't really remember talking about it a lot. I remember when Chris was reading You Are a Badass and I was like, oh, such a good book, such a good book. And I was like, heck yes. Um, but then you said you couldn't get through it. And I was like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Just <A> kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, that conference like brought us very close together. Mm-hmm. But also, I think, pushed us in this direction of actually supporting each other in our journeys. Because that's when you like first shared, like, I want to create like a cookbook. And mm-hmm. I was like, heck yes create a cookbook like come on get with it um but we also talked about like some things in our childhood and our parents and our relationships and stuff like mm-hmm. that that really definitely brought us together and helped us push each other in this journey yeah and I think too like you were almost anti-bachelorette party right like you did not want the stereotypical bachelorette yeah. party right but in my eyes I just wanted to celebrate you right so I'm I'm so glad that you chose us to do that together i think it was so powerful like i hope we can do another one of those one day um because i i don't think it's like a point in time one and done thing either right like there's new things we'll cry about and new things we'll laugh about and dance to and um yeah you feel all the feels i was emotionally exhausted after that trip like oh my gosh but also so incredibly motivated yeah down to the songs like so many Mm -hmm. songs I don't know if this hit you but like there were so many songs that I had heard so many times on the radio that like like this is my fight song you know like that one I like never fully listened to the lyrics like I was just like crying during the songs because I was just like oh my gosh these are all so deep and I've heard them so many times times. I've never really listened like (laughs) well and if I'm having like a rough day and like that song comes on because I now have like a playlist on Spotify that I just have like I am awesome if I just like need to have my mood right so that song is on there and if i'm having like a rough day and that comes on like the i am awesome like i can be found in my car belching it out and like potentially crying as well just because like i just need to feel all the feels of that song and it's just yeah 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 powerful that was so good but now here we are today i think we've talked long enough so patricia we're gonna end Mm -hmm. this episode Mm -hmm. what are you grateful for I am grateful we were able to record today, and I mean, shout out to our editor if they can get all of the little babe 
Shout out to our editor. Out. Um, My snot out. <laughs> yeah, Catherine's snot out. But I'm I'm just grateful to find the, the flexibility to be able to record. You were flexible with being like, um, that's in an hour that we're recording. And um, grateful for the time I have off work to spend with the babe and just bond because... It's been so good. And I might be biased, but I think he's the cutest thing in the entire world. So, I mean, that's what every parent thinks. So, yes, yeah. biased. But he is extremely, extremely cute. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I made that. What I, are you I grateful made that. for? <laughs> um, I, I'm, I feel like I'm going to say this every time. So, I'm going to come up with two things. One, I'm grateful to have this conversation with you because I mm-hmm. genuinely didn't know how you got started. And, like, the book about, like, Amanda Beer. Like, I didn't know that was, like the first mm-hmm. I've never read that one I'm like now I have to as soon as you said her name I was like oh I haven't thought about her in a while um so glad that like we can I can like learn more about that side of you and how it got started um second thing I'm grateful for um I don't want to choose something so basic as like the weather looks so nice and I'm gonna have my windows open today but like that's a small little thing it's probably not gonna help your allergies but no it's not but you know what I like <laughs> I'm trying to find a way to, like, let this heal naturally. I'm, like, all about that holistic natural. You know, no. Here's what I'm grateful for. I'm going to be working outside today. I cleaned my couch cushions. So my couch is fully cleaned. So I'm going to, after this, I'm going to take my laptop outside. I'm going to get out there, and I'm going to work, and I'm going to enjoy the weather. And Fancy's going to be happy chasing chipmunks and whatever she does. And it's going to be, it's going to be great. Grateful for Birmingham weather, essentially. Nice. Love the South. But, yeah. Love it. Love the South. So that is it for this podcast episode. Um, we're going to end it a little bit better of not diving deeper into our <laughs> pants because I got to say that night killed me. I, <laughs> we are not great. going deeper into our pants. I mean, like, in a sense, we are, but, like, no, at Whatever. the same time. Um, so, yes, rate, comment, subscribe, follow. I think you follow on Spotify. Do all of the things. Five stars, as Patricia says. And follow us on Instagram. We're Uncomfortable Pants Podcast, correct? Yes. Okay, so follow us on Instagram. We've been coming up with, and by we, I mean Patricia, has been coming up with fun, real ideas. <laughs> we just want to have fun in this community, man. So that's what we're going to do. And I think that's it. We'll see you guys back here on Monday with another episode. All right, bye.